This is CliffCentral.com. Fashion Lab on CliffCentral.com. Bonjour and welcome to the Fashion Lab show. My name is Lisa Gumba Regis for your host and thank you for tuning in once again uh, to our Fashion Lab. Now on today's show, we're going to be discussing the impact of Amazon on fashion retail, which is not news for those of you who are in the industry, even those who are not in the industry, I'm sure, can be able to feel uh, the effect. We call it the Amazon effect. Now, in today's market, uh, the journey keeps evolving as technology continues to advance and new innovations are constantly in development. So rather than having to fit time to go in and you get out of your hectic schedule and stop and run errands and stop by the store, consumers are now really enjoying uh, the access to virtually any product or service they need from their smartphone. Now, according to an article by Skylar Half of Millennial Marketing, the Amazon effect is the impact uh, the digital marketplace has on the traditional business model regarding consumer expectations and the new competitive landscape. Now, consumers now expect, obviously, their buy journey to be entirely just flowless, frictionless, immediate, regardless of this particular industry. And at this point, it is no better time to have this conversation um, today in studio. Now, Amazon's convenience value characteristics, extensive network has definitely influenced consumer expectations. So obviously that means that they will still compare the experience they have at the salon to like any high bar set by Amazon. So let's uh plug in uh, and really get to uh, have this conversation. Uh, we've got a special guest who will be joining us. And uh, before I introduce the special guest, uh, allow me to also just introduce our contributors. Uh, we're joined by Fashion, Fashion Lab's partner and contributor, Edgy Benson, who also runs NU New York, coming to us live and direct from New York. Edgy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Liz. Very glad to join you today. <laughs> uh, what are you wearing and who made your clothes? Uh, today I'm wearing um, a linen, a knit linen should, cardigan from Rag and Bone. And should I say what you're wearing on the bottom or did you change bottoms today? Well, I'm wearing skinny jeans, but they're from Ari Soho. <laughs> they're not this <laughs> so, so we're going to like we do in Africa. We're going to make those African noises because this is definitely worth another celebration because Edgy is not wearing diesel jeans today. Hallelujah. Okay. It's good. It's good, Edgy. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the show. Uh, we are also joined by fashion expert, uh, designer, creative, and professional dreamer. <laughs> Let me not read that out. <laughs> Francisca Marzilli with her echoes from Europe. Francisca, welcome to the Hi, show. Hi, Hi. <laughs> How are you? Hi. Fine. Thank you. I had to put some Everything. emphasis on the professional dreamer because yeah. last time, <laughs> last time it wasn't professional enough. Well, and welcome. Yes, it's, it's fine. Like Fran, you can see I'm making an effort to make sure I put those uh, keywords. But welcome to the show once again. Uh, what <laughs> are you, you wearing and who made your clothes today? Well, uh, today I'm wearing a basic T-shirt with a Bridget design made by me and uh, Chino trousers and uh, jeweled flip-flops by the Villa Lara 
stores. Girl, you're really enjoying them flip-flops. You've been in flip-flops for a while, but it's, it's cool. It's nice. We've seen some of the pictures and I love your t-shirt. So I'm going to actually, oh, I don't know if you posted that. I'm going to actually retweet it now, but welcome to the show and thank you for joining us. It's always nice to have you and Edgy uh, share your feedback and your insights around this interesting conversations that touch our fashion industry. Now, for those who are tuned in for the first time, uh, my favorite segment at the end of the show is called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? So feel free to join us and share with us your who's and your why's. Uh, that is the segment we call a red glass of uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, maybe 20, uh, 2011, maybe oh, a nice oh. capsule some from some maybe from Middle Vlay. I don't know, but... Anyway, keep your tweets coming. We're at Fashion Lab AF on Twitter. We're on Fashion Lab Africa on Instagram and Facebook. We would love to hear from you. And just to add on also, obviously, for conversations or topics or subject matters that you may think uh, we haven't really touched on that are also really uh, impacting this industry, please feel free to drop us an email at info at fashionlabafrica.com. Otherwise, this is where we hold it down every Thursday, 2 p.m., dissecting the business behind fashion in Africa. So, let's get straight to it. Really? I want us, yes. We didn't, we didn't hear what you're wearing today. Uh-huh. I know you want to introduce yeah. uh-huh. Uh-huh. No. So, <laughs> okay, to, to calm these people down and these nerves, I'm going to explain to them what I'm wearing. I'm wearing a simple navy blue and white, very busy print uh, dress. It's a little dress. And some red heel, high heel stilettos. These actually are, I won't, I won't say the word, but it's the F me boot, F me heels. This is the, whew, is that already, we're even pushing. These shoes, I call them red devils. So maybe that's a more, that's a, that, that's a better word. Red devils. I'm wearing my red devils. They're beautiful. They're, whew, they make me just walk different and they just exude all of that. I needed to get some sort of statement piece today. And that's what is brightening up my day in this city. Is that good? Great. No, yeah. I'm happy. Okay, good. I'm and I'm not boy. wearing and I'm not wearing diesel and I'm not wearing flip flops and I'm not wearing none of that. <laughs> well, so allow me to uh introduce our special guest. Uh we're joined by an energetic, highly energetic, seasoned on-air personality with a comedic flair who has hosted live t- TV shows, uh, national shopping channels, infomercials, travel shows. Now, when communicating a product or about a product, she becomes surrogate consumer, honing in on the hot buttons that, ins- that actually inspire the sales. As a content creator, social media reporter with the spirit of an entrepreneur, This fabulous woman consults with media companies and brands to develop their social media strategies, live streaming, and video content. Allow me to introduce uh, to the show Rosie Maria Caffarelli. Welcome to the show, madam. Is that, <laughs> is that good? That introduction, that was so I know. Nice. I was like, gosh, should I send it to you? Cause you know, I can. Cause with technology, I can just send you a sound bite. I would just, I love it. I love the sound bite. I need it. You know, so that Rather anytime you walk, yeah. So that any, becoming a regular for us. I'm man. telling you, but the good thing is, Rosie, with this sound bite, when you show up and you rock up in your red devils like me, all you need to do is hit play and then they know who you are and then you can sit down and take over <laughs> and take over the run over the show. I run the love show. It. Yeah. How are you today? I love it. 
It's all about that warm introduction. I'm doing fantastic. I'm up early, hustling, and uh, making it all happen before the sun comes up. So I was ha- happy to join you. It's early here in the East Coast of Florida. Very nice. Thank you for joining us. Um, we are definitely happy to have you on. And considering this conversation is something that's really touching the retail industry, not just in the U.S., but globally, we thought mm-hmm. who, which better connect to actually plug in, which is definitely you. So we're going to just touch on a couple of things and um, get your insights also from what you feel okay. is going on um, on that side. Um, now, Perfect. yeah, so I think uh, for me, I think just first of all, Let's just talk about, um, you know, I think generally between you and Edgy and uh, Francisca, we, I'd love us to just first of all talk about the underlying factors towards um, Amazon's success that upcoming online stores could actually tap into. Because obviously this is the giant and uh, the, the way that we have seen uh, the changes, the way we have seen them play such a big role uh, that's now affecting the brick and mortar retail space, specifically, uh, mm. with the fashion focus. I think it's something worth talking about. And then before we talk about that, I just want to also share, there's an article by Lauren Thomas, uh, which is, who is a news associate for CNBC around how the Amazon effect is hitting the apparel industry. Now in 2016, the total value of U.S. apparel, both online and offline was 200 billion dollar worth now with amazon claiming about 3.4 billion of that uh one click retail says while total u.s apparel sales climbed three percent last year amazon's apparel sales in the u.s saw 25 percent increase over the same period so we are, t- we are talking about i don't know what's going to happen this year but obviously it's definitely going higher because i don't see uh, the online consumer relocating to Florida or to, to Timbuktu or to wherever it is. Another thing before we go into this conversation is the top performing apparel categories on Amazon.com in 2016 included men's bottoms, which pulled about $375 million in sales. Then you had women's intimate apparel, which boasted about 250 million dollars in sales as well then women's denim was also very high uh about 170 million uh dollars and then men's underwear with the sales of 165 million dollars according to one click retail so i'm just also sharing uh this so that we can have uh some sort of insight and those who are listening as well uh can have some sort of insight on also which sort of uh what is it that's really selling high when you when you put this uh, uh clothing into categories but anyway Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, and let's just uh, get into this thing, uh, six feet under, or however way you wanna you wanna call it. Mm-hmm. So, what is what's going on, and what what is it that first of all, what, what what is it, what is this, why is Amazon become such a big deal? Well, the reason that Amazon has become such a big deal is because they control fifty percent of all sales on the entire internet combined and that is the biggest market share that uh, a company could possibly have think about the entire internet how big it is how many conglomerates how many brands are out there and for it to claim over 50 50 of that it's huge so they they're a huge machine Um, they've connected with a customer and jeff bezos really had um, he had an ability to take risk early, but he also had the foresight. So what we're seeing now is 
you know, a complete and total disruption in the brick and mortar um, ways that we have always bought our clothing and the way that we have always, you know, found our style and found our fashion by going down to local boutiques or to the mall. Um, Amazon has completely anticipated um, the online buyer, the mobile first buyer, and they, they've been ready for a decade. You know, they've been ramping and amping this up. And what we've seen this past uh, season at Christmas um, was the final Christmas for a lot of stores. Macy's um, is a huge department store in the United States. Um, a national chain has closed over 200 stores. We've got Gap stores closing. We've got major, major brands closing. Sears was is a huge department store. It's in rubble now. It, it just saw its last season. Uh, speaking and being on the ground, uh, speaking directly to the boutique owners, um, they were down 30 to 40 percent this year for the very first time, um, more than ever. Even uh, places like Chico's and Talbot's, and I don't know how familiar you are with these brands, but mm-hmm. these are the, you know, upper echelon brands in a mall in America. They're the, you know, your outfit's going to be. You know, it's not your $50 outfit. It's your 200 to 250 outfits. The, you know, the lug, a little bit more luxury brands. And so that's what's happened. And that's why, um, Amazon is so, uh, become so uh, big and, um, has really taken over so much market share. Wow. Now I want to also just touch on, uh, the same conversation with Francisca. Francisca, from a European perspective, would you say, First of all, have we identified which markets Amazon is selling highest? Because obviously Amazon is selling to the whole world. Um, do we know for sure, Francisca, what, you know, some sort of numbers or statistics around, uh, the European fashion market? And if Amazon is also pushing some of this big, uh, brick and mortar retail, um, uh, stores out of business, what, what's, what's going on in the European market and how is Amazon affecting uh, well, Euro- European market is very fragmented. Uh, is very fragmented and uh, has uh, different uh, realities, even if uh, very close between them. Um, I could say that um, in the in the fashion market, um, for instance, uh, the, the the part of, uh, of more receptive, more uh, open to to this was uh, is, is Germany, is uh, France. Uh, uh, is uh, is the the northern part, the less uh, pragmatic part from a cultural point point of view, uh, is the less um, it's 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 uh, less um, it's it's a slower. I don't tell you that uh, it's not uh, uh, they 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 don't uh, we <laughs> don't accept it, but uh, the approach is is slower. Because um, I can t- I can speak uh, from uh, from a point of view, uh, an Italian or a Spanish or also Portuguese point of view. When I go out for shopping, I go out to see and to be seen. So uh, <laughs> yes, it's uh, it's important. It's uh, it's an important uh, part of this. Uh, it's not uh, that I need something. It's not just the need that push me 
to uh, to, to 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 go out uh, to and buy something. It's uh, also because I want to go out and uh, I want to share experience with somebody else. But Francisca, would, uh, it, would you say that you're going out to be seen and all of that after to experience that out experience? But the truth of the matter is, you actually already purchased your whole everything on Amazon. Do you actually? It, it, is it just you going to show up because you're done with your with your purchasing on Amazon? Or are you actually going out to literally buy the garments out in the stores in the malls? Yes, I go out. So I go out. Uh, I'm I'm not uh, um, how to say. I I I like to and uh, I and I buy. Uh, I buy also on Amazon. But uh, my first uh, idea, my first idea is not to to go on the Amazon.com to see something to wear. I go uh, in a shop. I go somewhere when I when I can see uh, directly the things. It's, it's, uh, so, so, I'm still, but 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 this will change uh, because um, the the newer generations are uh, have a different uh, approach. different approach to this. And more, uh, uh, thank you, thank you, Francisca. Edgy, what are your thoughts around Amazon and its 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 ridiculously amazing um, growth? And um, how would you also, uh, what do you think? I mean, I'll talk about Africa as well and touch on that a bit because obviously Africa is consuming a bit differently. And even though we are on Amazon every day because that's what we do, uh, we are still behind. I think from a consumer perspective, we might be one of the markets that are a bit on the back let's talk about what impact you feel this growth of amazon could be able could might have especially for the african market when it comes to african brands and maybe your advice on maybe how we should actually uh join the bandwagon and not be left out maybe by collaborating or by i don't know talk to us edgy let's hear what you have to say well, I think I think one thing you have to understand first and foremost is like that's why people like 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 uh, Rosie are important. Amazon is a tech company, you know, mm-hmm. they're a technology company. What they've done is essentially bring technology to retail, and this technology is creating a lot of um, and uh, in a, in a society like Af- in a, like America where convenience is very important, uh, there's a premium on convenience. Amazon offers that. And, and that's one of the reasons why it's it's growing. So there's there's an overall trajectory like towards click over brick. You know, people don't want to actually go to the stores; they would rather just click and buy it. And Amazon fits into all of that stuff, in, into all of that, um, into that. And and I think it helps it to grow. And Amazon is heavily as a tech company; they are very heavily um, invested in technology. Like, if you're not going to buy this item, if you're not going to go to the store to buy this item, what's going to make you buy it? And I think a big a big part of that is how will it fit you? And Amazon is continually working on these kinds of technologies and, 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 and how the products are packaged. So now they have the Amazon, um, the Echo Look, which is almost like a mirror. You can actually try out outfits uh, virtually in your own 
in your own in your own room in your own house. I, I just want to I just want to put a pause there, Edgy. There's so many on, online stores. I mean, first of all, we have millions of online stores, and then obviously on the level of Amazon, what is it that makes Amazon so? I mean, there's so many stores that are offering. A hassle-free shopping experiences, innovation in payments, order fulfillment, product selection, return policy. What is what is it that Amazon is doing that the others are not doing? Because it's. I it's, think what what you don't see the, the thing you see Amazon as a shopping company, as a as a retail, as an online retail store, but that's not what Amazon actually is all about. So all these stores that you say they have all of these things, they're actually behind all their backends are Amazon. Basically, you can go to any of these stores and you can shop, but Amazon is the one fulfilling the order. So Amazon does a whole lot of, like, it takes care of your supply chain. So that's why they're so successful. They do your warehousing, they do your fulfillment, returns, deliveries, and all of these things. And, you know, they help you package the product, too. That's why, you know, people like Rosie are there to help you work with Amazon because they understand that Amazon is not just for you to see the product and buy it. Amazon helps you behind the house. So I think that's where their power is. They probably make more more growth, uh, more impact behind the scenes than what you see. You know, like for us, we're going to have a store on Shopify and Amazon and our own website. All of it is back-ended to Amazon. Wow. And, and Rosie, Rosie is the one helping us set all of that up. All of that up. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, Edgy. Rosie, how imperative is your role? <laughs> Could you just share also, just for our listeners to also understand what you do when it comes to this process or what role you play when it comes to brand to Amazon or just that relationship? Right. Well, the important thing to know is that, um, well, there's two things. First of all, things are always changing and shifting with Amazon. Their rules change and it's specific and it's sometimes difficult and it can frustrate, um, the entrepreneur, um, that you can do well and then you can get sidelined, you know, with bad reviews and different things that happen. You have to know all the specifics and details. So I come along and help with that process, but more importantly, I cast the vision and help to the entrepreneur and the company to see the bigger vision and the things that are actually happening. So when, when I say that, you know, I double back and tell the entrepreneur and the company always have your own site, have your own ads that are going to your own website and to your Shopify store. You don't want to be beholden to just Amazon because Amazon can cut your account, you know, and freeze it instantly with a bad review. Um, so a lot of uh, people, they're still doing Amazon and they're still putting their products there, but they have uh, they don't put all their eggs in one basket, as we say. And so um, they're utilizing it because it's the largest shopping mall in the world and it's the largest tech company. But let me touch on what Edgy said. When when you visualize it and you understand that this is a tech company, this is a modality and it is a disruption in the way that we have lived for the last you know, for all of time, we've gone and bought something physically in person. And now there's a disruption and a change. It's being able to have the foresight to understand that today it's this thing called online. And in a few years, it'll be something called VR, virtual reality. And it's those who are the early adopters of the next technology are the ones that win. So Edgy is correct when he says it's a technology company. And so what you want to do is always be at the center 
and be the early adopter for the next technology that's coming. So, for instance, right now, you know, look back at Blockbuster. Blockbuster video in the United States, you know, dished out DVDs, you know, at the store. And they did not get on board. They had the opportunity to buy Redbox and Netflix. And they didn't have the foresight to see where the technology was going. So no matter what it is that you're selling, whether it's your fashion or a niche product or uh, business advice, whatever it is, you have to see that you have to get on board quickly with the next technology. And what I'm seeing now is that your phone is becoming the television. So people wanting to have a television show, I look at that as completely almost obsolete. It's going to become obsolete. Just like having a brick and mortar store to sell your fashion is obsolete and overpriced, costs $10,000 a month to Mm -hmm. rent your place and to, to put everything in it. And now you can just put it online and just cost you some ad revenue. So it's all about having, so that's what I'm doing is I'm casting the vision and constantly saying, hey, let's look at history. And by the way, here's where we're all going. Here's where it's headed. Let's be the first and the early adopter. Let's move into the next place because that's what Amazon did. They were moving into the next place with technology before other people had, you know, even got out of bed. Wow, guys. Um, Let's talk about Prime. Is Prime the latest um, Amazon thing right now? And are there any competitors when it comes to the same offering? I mean... Prime, I think, is just an aspect of Amazon services, you know, like, so Amazon is trying to replicate your store experience as best as possible. You know, sometimes you go to a store and you treat it, especially in some stores, uh, because they they respect who you are. And, and, you know, you you lose your identity when you are online. So Amazon is trying to kind of segment even our online experience so that you can, you can feel better treated. Um, Amazon Prime is a little bit uh, like an is like an elevated service, but they're also adding aspects of it, like aspects to it now. You know, like they now they have the Prime Week, which is like it's, Amazon is just doing so many so many things that are just aimed at replicating your 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 online experience. I think Prime is a part of those those things, but Rosie might know a little bit better. But I think Prime is an aspect of this of the assets to replicate your store experience. Yeah, you're, you're right, Edgy. I mean, the, the thing that they are doing is they're getting you into a membership club, first of all. You're paying, you know, $100 a year. So you're it's like going down. We have Costco, Sam's. I don't know what you guys have in, in Africa, but South Africa. But, um, you know, these large stores, you're a member, so you feel a part of the club. Not only that, it's replacing people's cable television. Because they're offering, not only are you a part of the membership with Prime and get free shipping and all these other benefits, you also, um, it's psychology. It compels you to use their, use their online store because now you've already paid $99 a year, so you might as well shop there, okay? And with the shopping, I don't know if you're aware, but they also offer you um, something the same as Hulu or Netflix. It's all the, te- you know, everything you would need for TV, basically. So it's yes. replacing your cable television. I don't know if they, if you if they have that there um, in South Africa yet, but that's what the offering here in the United States is. Yeah, let's. I think we're gonna listen. We're just gonna roll over to Lauren Thomas for CNBC for a quick um, intro to the rest who are still wondering what Prime Wardrobe is, and uh, we'll be right back after this.
Amazon is bringing the fitting room to you with its new fashion platform, Prime Wardrobe. Featuring more than one million fashion items, the platform will mirror other wardrobe services like Stitch Fix and Trunk Club. According to Amazon's website, Prime Wardrobe will include brands outside of the e-commerce company's private labels such as Adidas and Calvin Klein. So how does it work? The service has no upfront charge, allowing customers to order what they want and only pay for what they want to keep. Prime Wardrobe shipments will come in a reusable box with a prepaid label, which makes the return process less of a hassle for shoppers. The bottom line, Amazon launches a new fashion platform, Prime Wardrobe. That is Lauren Thomas just sharing a bit more insight. Um, we definitely don't have anything like that, but I'm sure that Prime Wardrobe is available, I guess, for all Amazon um, consumers. I'm sure you can just sign up from anywhere but in the world. Liz. Yes. Based on what we just had from uh, from C- from the CNBC girl lady, uh, you can you can see that Amazon also is listening to you, right? Mm-hmm. By introducing the wardrobe, they are they are telling you that they are not just throwing products at you; they are also listening to you. So, the the biggest thing with fashion is fit, fit, fit. Does it fit you? Mm-hmm. You know, and this. Over the years, we're trying for the last five years to find the right technology to capture this, like just to capture fitting in a way that it's a a bit foolproof. But we've not achieved it yet. And Amazon has now gone back to basics. Take the product, fit it. If it works for you, keep it. If it doesn't, doesn't. return it. This is how they started in the beginning, you know. But because the technology didn't move us far enough, to achieve this without the physicality of the garment, they also came back, you know? So I think that is one of their hallmarks, just Mm -hmm. listening to you and always trying to improve your customer experience, you know? Uh, It's it's very important to see how this company, how they could easily take over the world because they really do listen to what the world wants. Hmm. Yeah. And they're getting on that. Sorry, the the line the line yeah. Rosie, the line's very bad. Um, okay, well then, then I'll I'll step off. But I, I can you hear me now? No, yeah, we can. Hear yeah, you we now. can hear you yes. now. Yes. Okay, great. I don't know what that was about. Yes. Um, but what I was going to say is that they had the it's, it's um uh, the club um and the monthly membership has been a real success for a lot of companies like the trunk, um want trunk show or whatever they they uh trunk club that they mentioned and so yeah. now they're just copying that so basically every single month they're going to ship you month or three months they're going to ship you a, a whole bunch of outfits and then you just try them on keep the ones you want and whatever you don't you know it's there to ship back so it's a very compelling model it's very um Nice. It's it's very impressive though because um I think that the fact that, you know, just adding on to what Edge is saying is they're actually paying attention. And I'm I'm not saying that uh the other online platforms are not paying attention. I just think that they definitely took this one home. So what my question now is um from an African brand perspective and brand building exercise. Um one of the things that I still realize and as much as we've had so many shows to emphasize uh on social commerce um where the world is now and how we're living in such a digital world that you cannot ignore uh the internet and we can actually maximize more on that 
in Africa, it's actually a bit different because people are still happy to just set up shops. People are still happy to send the garments and we all do that. I even do that. I'm still sending garments to different stores across the country to make sure that I've got stockists all over the place because the consumer, as much as they're consuming online, still want to feel the clothes like Francisca and still want to have that experience of actually walking into a store. What would be um, your advice, Edgy, when it comes to uh, African brands and moving forward? Because this thing is moving forward. We're not moving behind. And the sooner we are able to tap onto certain platforms uh we, I'm sure the better we are going to be when it comes to our business uh, growth and development. What is your insight and where do you think uh, the impact of Amazon, what impact do you think it will have in this industry, in the continent? I think, I think it's a lot of it, a lot of it is going to depend on Amazon succeeds where, where technology is adopted, you know, mm-hmm. and where they can create technology that will create it. But the overall, the, under, the underlying fundamental for them would be some kind of technology adoption in, 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 in that region, you know. So, and then also the facilitating infrastructures for them, meaning people who are, who are, who are experiencing warehousing and, and fulfillment, all of those things will, will help us to become part of this Amazon train. Um, I, I know that in Nigeria they are trying. Um, I, I know in South Africa they are trying. In Kenya they are trying. So we are getting there. We are getting. We just need to keep getting at it. We just need to keep embracing online because it's the the, the overall trajectory of the business of the, of, of 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 fashion or of retail generally. So. I think it's just how much technology we, we adopt, how much of the infrastructure that we build around that helps online marketing, online sales to grow, warehousing, distribution, de- delivery, all of those things. But I think that's, that's how we can, we can be a part of See, it has nothing to do with the designer at this point. Hmm. Like we were, like we were saying all these times about how we can get investors in, get people into manufacturing, get people into warehousing, into distribution, into retail. Uh, this is what Amazon needs for, for, for it to be impactful in Africa. And they would, they would really love that. They would really love to have partners in Africa to, to, in, in all of these areas. So now back to you and Rosie, how, how accessible is it for a brand, especially a brand, say, that's looking to penetrate and looking to move on, um, you know, especially with the big giants like Amazon, how accessible is it for brands to actually get their stuff on Amazon? That's another question that obviously comes up and people, I see brands right. and people shying away because it almost feels too big to, to, to access, you know? No, no, no. It's it's very accessible. You do have to be approved to sell in the category of clothing, um, which is there's some stipulations and requirements. They don't just let anyone on to do it. But what I want you to be encouraged about as being in Africa, you know, you have the benefit of seeing what has already transpired here in the United States and it's coming to you. You. So you can prepare your brand and get online now and get online faster, start creating content um, like you're already doing, and, and then, you know, get on the part of the technology that's going to be your instrument of advertising. Because in the past, the television was the instrument of advertising, and now that is completely disrupted in the United States. And... Um, Video and live video on Facebook is what is currently taking over. Um, 
but that's for only people that have a, the foresight. You don't not really see it, but this is what I'm telling you is actually happening underground. This is what. Mm-hmm. So you have the ability and the the benefit of preparing and going online and engaging with customers on the internet now, so that you're prepared and you understand where the technology is when it gets com- to its more full. Uh, effect in, you know, in Europe and in Africa, the way it is here in the United States, because we're seeing huge amounts of the largest brands and largest stores that you can possibly imagine. They're knocking them over. They're crushing the malls Seriously. in Florida. It's shocking. They're literally, <laughs> it's shocking. They just crushed half of the entire mall here downtown. Um, I mean, it, it's so you have to prepare now that those boutiques are going to um, age out. And so you begin to prepare your business to head more towards online than ever before. Francisca, you're very quiet. <laughs> yes, I'm listening. I'm an obsolete consumer, so I'm listening. <laughs> um, yes, I think it's a, it's a matter of uh, generation and structures. Um, yeah. We uh, here in Europe exist uh, um, from a long time uh, structures and the malls. Uh, if you think about uh, the Galerie Lafayette in Paris, I'm talking about centuries. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. so uh, people is, um, as a tradition, uh, in, uh, in fact, of uh, uh, traditional uh, market, traditional trade. And the thing I was saying before, uh, going out uh, and, uh, and see what you, what you get. Um, of course, uh, the new, the new generation, millennials, uh, millennials are the more, uh, for sure, will, will accept, uh, uh, more. And, uh, there is another question. Fashion product is uh, something very, uh, personal for, uh, a lot of people. Uh, if you talk about uh, travels, uh, uh, media market uh, in general and um, this kind of uh, things, uh, you have a different reaction. We have a different reaction also here in Europe because, uh, because um, I don't want, to, I'm not saying that uh, Europe uh, is not accepting uh, the, the Amazon, but for sure, uh, there are, there, there are different uh, rhythms, different, uh, different times really. Due to, to the approach to the final product, I think. You know, and uh, another thing, uh, from uh, from um, a daily point of view, my daily point of view uh, as an um, agent and uh, um, of textiles, leading with textiles, raw materials, I see that uh, the industry is. Uh, uh, it's increasing a lot uh, the the, uh, the, be- the profits, but also there is uh, another sector that was almost died uh, years ago. That is the haute couture, the made measure, that is also increasing now. Thanks to this uh, to this uh, um, uh, to div- this division of the market. These segments are coexisting, and one it, it looks uh, contradictory, but it's like this: uh, uh, the, the massive trade is pushing up also the uh, uh, luxury level. 
Let me, um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting insights. Let's roll over for a minute to Jason Modric on a Bloomberg interview around his insights. Um, he literally is saying retail is a mess and there's no other way to explain this, but let's roll over to Jason and see what he has to say. Retail is a mess, to say the least. Um, from a 10,000 foot view, this trend, these retailers have had declining top line for a number of years now. And this is not a cyclical issue. The economy's been good. Consumer sentiment's good. Uh, Unemployment's coming down. Oil prices are low. This is a secular issue. This is a forever trend. If you think about how things are going to look 10 years from now or 20 years from now, our parents will be dead. Our kids will be adults. Do you think more people are going to be shopping online or less? This is the Amazon effect, and it's here forever. So from an opportunity set, to get long these credits... They're trading through the, in the distressed debt world at around six times cash flow. And that's the multiple of a stable to growing business, not a declining business. So we're not long any of this. They're overvalued, in other words. Yeah, these should trade at three or four times. Now, when you say they, we're talking about the ones that lots of people should be familiar with, the Neiman Marcuses, the Macy's, the Sears, the list goes on among the larger distressed credits? Yeah, so that, that's, that's part of the problem. Most of these retailers are actually smaller. So you listed the large ones, but there's about 50 companies that could file for bankruptcy this year. Companies 50 like, retailers that yeah. could file for bankruptcy this yeah. year. So American Apparel is already gone. That's filed twice. It's liquidating. Think about companies like Rue 21, Claire's. These are you know reasonable-sized companies, but they're not the Neiman Marxists of the world. So... If you want to talk about trades, the trade is to be short the sector. But it's actually very hard to short these credits. Why? You can't short term loans. And bonds trading at 50 cents can be cost prohibitive to short. Because if you're borrowing the bond to short it, you have to pay the coupon. And you have to pay the prime broker to borrow the bonds. Even if you could get comfortable that with that expensive cost to carry, it's a good risk reward, you can't really borrow enough. Even for a firm our size, and we manage about a billion six. To take a meaningful short exposure in a small credit like Rue 21, where the bonds trade at five cents on the dollar, it's just, it's just almost impossible. So, the only way to short the sector is through the larger liquid names that you just described, uh, or through the securitization market. So we were short Neiman Marcus because they have an active default swap market. These smaller credits don't have default swap market. There's no single name CDS market for not for like Rue 21, 21, right? Jimboree, exactly, Jimboree. So. So Neiman Marcus has about $3 billion of term loan. That's actually the reference security for part of the default swap market. So you could short the term loan by buying insurance through the CDS market. So we, we shorted that credit in bond terms at around 115, and it's trading at 80 today. Um, we're, we're out of the trade. What about the mall trade? So that's sort of the second derivative, and I think the most interesting element of, of the short retail thesis. If you talk to retailers a year ago, they sort of all had the same message. They said, all of our stores are profitable. This isn't a footprint problem. It's a merchandising problem. We made some bad decisions. We got the merchandise wrong. And we were a little bit late to the e-commerce game. We're building our e-commerce site. If you talk to them today, they're all saying we need to shrink our footprint. I mean, it's amazing. It's, 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 I would describe it as a paradigm shift. Even JCPenney in the fourth quarter was saying we're perfectly comfortable with our footprint. Then they came out in January and said we're shutting 135 stores down. And we think, we think that's just the beginning. We think they'll shut at least another 100 down. So the way to express 
that view is, again, through the CDS market? Well, if you think about what happens when every single retailer is looking at their footprint for the first time ever, simultaneously, okay, they have to pick which stores they're going to shut down. And they're all looking at the same data. They're all looking at the same mall traffic data. So if you have a tier C mall here, and 10 miles down the street you have a tier A mall, right? They're, they're, they're going through an exercise now for the first time in the industry where they're talking about sales recapture. If we shut this mall down, this store down in this mall, how much of the sales will we recapture in, in, in tier A mall? So if you think about what that does to tier C and tier D malls, it crushes them. It's a vicious cycle when you, know, you have a mall that's anchored by Macy's, JCPenney, and Sears, and they all simultaneously shut down. Guys, <laughs> yeah, that was. Well, just... I mean, that's that's just a lot of a lot of. I'm I'm not so sure how much those guys know about on the fashion end. Um, I'm I'm not buying into the argument of shutting. I mean, it, that's if that they're basing it on, on. They're kind of saying that this trend might in some in some way come back. Like people might in some way go back to Jesse Penny's. So you can shut it. Um, I don't know. I, I, yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I think, think what they're talking about there, when you short something, they're talking about what to do um, as far as your stock pricing. Yes. When they say short it and say that basically is going to say, like, I'm going to make money on the loss of these companies. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's oh, what yeah, he's sure. trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're, people are out there putting bets, basically. Oh, we can all bet on it that. All, I mean, you heard him hunt, you know, 50 companies, large brands are going to, mm-hmm. you know, possibly file bankruptcy. And there are certain stockbrokers and people that invest and they put bets and they win when others lose. I think also another really interesting uh, point was around the fact that, you know, when you pull the big giants out of these malls, it actually like why there's reasons people actually go to specific malls, right? So I think mm-hmm. that that's also yeah. really playing an impact. I mean, put really, really pushing consumers. I mean, I don't know what's happening in the mall space. All I know is that if you strictly were trying to go into Neiman Marcus and, and you go to a mall where there's Neiman Marcus and you have all of these other stores and then suddenly there's no more Neiman Marcus, then will you actually go there? Because I feel like there is some truth to the fact that some of these big names actually are what make the mall the mall and position it to attract a certain type of consumer. Am I right? Or or do you guys, what are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like... Well, it's just, yeah. I mean, the thing is they, they have to all be near each other to survive. Nobody mm-hmm. goes out of their way to go to one store normally. Mm-hmm. Just like whenever you, in the I don't know, it's like in Africa, but in the United States, when you see one auto dealer, you see five. They all mm-hmm. get near each other. Mm-hmm. You would think, well, why would they want to be across the street from their competitor? Well, it's because that's where all the business is. And so if you were to put, you know, uh, in, a, in a nice part of town, but away from all the uh, other auto dealers or away from the mall, you're not as successful. So... Uh, it's very important, and it's just. But it, basically, what we're witnessing is a change in history. Hmm. Uh, Rosie, I was I was wondering where, when he was talking about the shorts and the shorts of it. Do, do you think that was he also hinting at a recovery? I think that's no, what no, I don't was. think so. No, I didn't no, hear. not at all. The short, yeah, that just means they're betting on their demise. That they're looking at. 50 companies that are about to and, and could claim bankruptcy 
um, some of them for the second time, like he was saying with American Apparel. Yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. So they're betting on, the, you know, they're trying to make money off of when it goes down. I got, yeah. I got that part. I thought maybe there was a hint of, I thought maybe they were also hinting at maybe shutting it for going shut for now with it with with with, with almost a, a hint like there might be a recovery. But I well, I mean, what they're saying is their only way that they can do it is just not like you see you see Macy's just closed two hundred stores, Sears just closed I don't know how many stores. I know the one here is in is a pile of rock this week. Um, yeah. yeah, it literally is a pile of rubble. Um, and so basically what they're saying is this is a complete and total shift in the way that we do business and, um, and we're living through it. So there in Africa, you have a, re- and in Europe, you have a real benefit by seeing, um, what's already happening mm-hmm. to our business here. It's going to happen in Europe and, and Africa as well. Um, sure. so get, you know, so jump on in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, yeah. It really is an opportunity. We agree. And, and the fact that f- they say 50, they actually forecast that 50 other store, big, stores are also going into bankruptcy this year that's already that's just a lot and they're not talking about the small stores anyway i think that this is a very interesting conversation and it's really um uh sort of a wake-up call as well and i like what you said uh, rosie that you know for us who are sitting in africa or those who are sitting in europe where uh it's not as intense we still don't see it as uh you know in the way that you guys see it in the u.s market we have an opportunity because every time these things yes. happen, there's actually time to be able to sit, regroup and say, what do we do or how do we jump or what do we jump on while, you know, while things are still, um, while things are still, there's a stage when it's still, things are still, uh, easier to manage before, uh, we all get overwhelmed. So I think it's really an interesting topic. And, um, Rosie, thank you so much for your insights and thank you for joining us on the show. Um, now for our listeners, yes, our listeners who want to connect with you, how can they connect with, uh, with you? Yeah. Connect with me on Twitter at Rosie's take and uh, also on um Instagram at snap saint pete because i live in st petersburg florida and i put a lot of the interviews and things okay. on there it's very nice so thank you though appreciate that so now that. yeah so now before we go um we're going to have the who would you want to dress and why ting ling 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 and we're going to start with francisca today <laughs> francisca who would you want to dress and why angela bassett mhm and, mm-hmm, because and, she plays always roles that I adore. So she's yeah. my favorite testimonial for today. Okay, there we go. And uh, Rosie, who would you want to dress and why, given the chance? You know, that's so interesting. I think um, just the beautiful elegance of Charlize, Charlize Theron because of her, her, the way that she's built. She's so tall and she's just like the perfect specimen for that. Very nice. Edgy, who would you want to dress and why besides me, Rosie, or uh, Francisca? (laughs) Ah, you can't take away my choice. Please. (laughs) No, I was going to dress Rosie today in Leeds. I think she's helped us a lot today, and I'm so grateful that we had her today. Rosie in Leeds. Okay, Edgy, we're not going to. If I had time, I would take you, but I I can't take you on this one. I'll, I'll leave it. It's fine. Um, today, amazing in your clothes. Yeah, I think so too. And then today, I want to dress Rosie in my Red Devils for her next meeting. That's what I want to do. Yay! The Red I'm Devils. Excited. So, so when yeah, so when you're wearing a Lee's piece, a beautiful Lee's piece, 
Uh, you will mm-hmm. be able to uh, also throw on the Red Devils and go and close a deal or do something. Just shock the oh, world out there. Just just walk in and then you, and then you have my sound bite playing as soon as you sit. No, as you walk in the door <laughs> of your I introduction. Love I love it. I'm going to play that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's really been nice um, having you guys on the show. Um, Edgy, thank you for your insights. Francisca, thank you as well. It's always nice to have uh, different conversa- these conversations with different um, <laughs> insights uh, from across the thank globe. Thank you. Um, now, any pa- <laughs> any parting shot to uh, our people who are listening, brands who are panicking, those who are thinking, "Gosh, what do we do next? Where do we go?" Any parting shots from any of you? Uh, Get going, move, yeah. <laughs> run while you can. Get moving while stocks last. Well, guys, it's really been great having you guys on the show. For those who are tuned in, we are on www.fashionlabafrica.com. And until next week, it's peace and love. This is cliffcentral.com.